0: Alright, Harco here, you are listening to Harco FM, it is nice for you, <coughs> right. hello and welcome back, it's Hako FM, you're either listening on a podcast platform or maybe you're listening straight on the newsletter itself, either way, thank you so much for being here, um, I'm really enjoying writing and then doing these little audio things as well. Um, Really helps the accessibility as well. Some people just don't want to read on their phones. We've got enough screens. Maybe you just want to listen. Maybe you just want to hear my voice. Uh, yes. So thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone who subscribes and my growing army of paid subscribers. It's very sweet of you. Thank you. Helps me keep this sustainable. If you uh, are interested in something like that, you can just find that through the newsletter. No pressure, though. You don't miss out on anything by not being paid. You just get to feel like a better person when you uh, support the channel. So thank you. Thank you very much. Today, we're here talking about streaming. Oh my God, it's that topic. But we're not going to just be, it's not one of those like, hey, here's how you get your song on playlist. Here's how you earn all these views. We're going to have, it's kind of going to be two parts. One, we're just going to quickly discuss kind of my view of um, streaming as it plays into the music industry, recorded music industry right now, kind of my thinking to it. And then the second part, I'm going to explain how I'm going to fit streaming or how I think we should approach fitting streaming into our digital music release strategy um, in the modern day. So if that sounds like a bit of you, buckle up. We're going to, we're going to crack right into it. So... Streaming. Obviously it doesn't pay very well. Um, it's not the most ethically, morally um, outstanding thing that we're involved with. We all know there's problems with streaming royalty payouts, with backroom deals. Um, there's a lot of talk about there even being issues with the entire business plan <laughs> of how these uh, streaming sites work. Um, that's neither here nor there, although in the newsletter, I have included, um, a video by Ben Jordan called why Spotify will ultimately fail that I do find very compelling. So if you want to watch that, that's Ben Jordan on YouTube, but it's on the newsletter as well. So regardless of what we think about it, it exists. It is not going away anytime soon. Um, we could potentially, try and keep our music off it but without mass adoption of that plan um of which the labels who own the master recordings for a lot of the bigger artists who have deals with these streaming sites they're not going to participate in that so if that doesn't happen you're basically just left um keeping your music off the place uh, where everyone goes to listen to it uh for absolutely no benefit to yourself and no impact on the system, doesn't really seem favourable. Um, the other idea, this is now that's that's a I've, you've heard people say that before. That's obvious. Um, something that's slightly less obvious, but that I have definitely been thinking about a lot is that it kind of also doesn't make sense to put all your music on streaming. Um, I, what do I mean by that? I mean like, I think about it, it uh, in terms of like the lost leader strategy for supermarkets right so they'll put they'll make something really cheap either like not to the point where they're not making money on it if they sell it or maybe they're even losing money um now why would they do that because it gets people in the store for that thing and the bet is that those people are going to buy other things while they're there that the supermarket will then make their money on okay now that strategy doesn't work if everything inside the supermarket is uh, discounted to the point where they're losing money, right? You you pick one thing and get people in. It's no point getting people inside your store if you're just going to pay them to take away the things that are in the store. And I kind of feel like that's a little bit of like what we do as musicians in streaming. We complain about the we complain about the payout rates not being great. And then we put everything we make on there. And while I think the conversation around how to fix that seems to focus on trying to increase those rates, um, i.e. it's fixed on trying to improve the uh, value of the recorded music itself, um, which I think is a completely essential conversation to be having, personally i started to think about it in a sense of like, what if we, instead of trying to change the value of our recorded music, what if we find value in other parts of our small business, our creative business, our band? Um, and that brings me to access. You know, access is a thing that actually is quite valuable. Um, you can sell access. I mean, people do it with VIP things. Um special edition things, uh, special events, all those kinds of stuff. And I just think that with recorded music, this could also be the case. Um, Specifically, what do I mean about that? Well, that actually brings us to our strategy, okay? So again, this is born by me. To sum that up, streaming is not ideal, but it is here to stay. And how can you engage with it in a more meaningful and intentional way, other than just boycotting it or putting everything on it. Um, and here is what I've come up with step number one, or point number one, strategy point number one only put your singles on streaming platforms. Okay, so I don't know why I haven't started doing this, or lots of people haven't started doing this, because it just, it not only makes sense for what the other parts of the strategy are down the line, but it also works with how streaming tends to meet the road, rubber meet the road. Um, people really only listen to the singles really. Um, obviously bigger artists with big albums, people run through it. But even when you put out EPs and stuff like that, the the first one, two songs, get all the plays, get all the streams. Um, and then there's a real drop off. This is this is a very standard thing. It's a thing that happens. Not only that, the streaming platform themselves, the the system is oriented around you giving them constant singles, as opposed to and 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 it treating your larger releases the same way as if it was a single, um, which drives a lot of people to only be cre- only be creating singles, um, which I don't think is super fulfilling for all musicians I think people like to work on long-term projects or a batch of songs all at once and want to put them out I, I'm a big I'm a big proponent big fan of putting out more music writing more music than not that's a big thing of mine so all I mean is you write your EP five songs four songs whatever um, when you go to what do I do with this EP, my idea is that you take the first single and say this the second single when it drops um, those go on streaming rest of the songs the full EP does not. you can present them on streaming as singles. you can write in the thing that there's a release coming out but just put the singles out. Now I'm gonna I'll get to what we're gonna do with the full release in a moment but just the last little point to this is that say the writing hits a block. There's touring, so you can't do it. Um, The songs aren't coming. They're not getting finished, blah, 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 blah. This also allows you leeway to be like, well, I haven't got the, you know, it's been six weeks since the last single I put out. I haven't got any new songs I've worked on. I haven't got new singles. Oh, wait, but I look, I have this back catalog of three songs that are from my EP um, that aren't on streaming yet oh, well, I could buy myself some time. I've got the songs here already. Let's just put another one of these out as singles, right? That's a huge... Um, that that I, th- I think that it's an understatement that that is, a, that is a really helpful thing to have a cachet like that ready to go um, if you feel like you've, you're building momentum or if you feel like you just want another thing to put out. You now have firepower in the back to put out, right? And... All of this, streaming, putting your singles on, it's for the purpose of hypothetical new people hearing you. That's really what it's about. Um, it's there, playlists are there, it's all set up and we're all it's all talked about in the sense of it's where you go to find new people to get fans. So let's just give them the singles because that's all they're looking for anyway. Let's give them the singles and let's move on to step two which is actually the fan focus part, right? And step two is when you put those singles out, the first single I'm talking about in the planned release, you put the entire project out, the whole five song EP, on a monetizable platform that you can control, like Bandcamp or your own website or whatever, Patreon even. Um, so yeah, say so you put your first single out May 1st, the Bandcamp EP comes out at the same time, all five songs. Now, why is this important? I think it's important because it's access, streaming, and singles, and Spotify and radio. These are all for new, but getting new fans, um, and it's kind of disguised as being for all your fans, including the ones you already have. But I, I really don't believe that. And why I don't believe that is because if I'm a fan of a band already and they've got five songs ready to go, I want all those five songs now. Like, who are the singles for? It's not for fans you already have. Fans, There is no fan of a band that goes, thank God I have to wait another four weeks to hear another song from an album that's already finished and I could hear right now. that's there, just it isn't real. That is not how it goes. So what essentially what we do in the music industry in terms of release strategies is we prioritize new fans, acquisition of new fans, playing the game to get acquisition of new fans over rewarding the fans we already have. We, we make them wait as if that... You know, we're prioritizing getting new people over sustaining the people we have, and I think that's actually a really big problem in how bands operate. And that's partly what this kind of strategy is actually going to solve, because you still play the game. Your songs, your singles are still going out on streaming for radio, six weeks apart with Canvas, all those, all the shit that they want you to do, right? But a person who already knows you, a person who already follows you, a person that you they get all the songs immediately. Now for money, again, we're not raising the value of the recorded music. We're actually paying for access. People who already like you are going to pay $5 to get all the songs. What? A full six to eight weeks before they would normally. Hell yeah. I'm doing that. I'm paying five bucks for them all right now. Most fans would. And the great thing about this is that it having those two things going on, singles on streaming, full project on Bandcamp, they don't mess with one another. They don't fuck with one another. It, it, it is not going to screw up your streaming release plan having your music already accessible ahead of time on your Bandcamp. Again, because it's not true that your real fans are on streaming and won't listen to the singles when they can go and listen to the full EP. What is true is that streaming is for finding new fans. The new fans don't know about you, so they don't know about the band camp. Their first point of call is still going to be some kind of playlist, some kind of um, algorithmic um, delivery to them. And then, better yet, if they do get delivered something like, oh, this is cool... And then, and you've got, you know, you've got your Instagram linked on your Spotify profile, you've got all your shit there. They can click on that. Holy crap. I really like this song. I don't have to wait another three weeks or keep checking back, which no one does, by the way. Keep checking back. I can hear four more songs right now. You know, is that not a better way to create a relationship with a new fan? actually giving them what they want instead of telling them to wait, you know, there's a direct comparison here as well between putting your, putting more music out on a bandcamp for people to hear versus a pre-save link for the next thing. Like what <laughs> it's when you put those two things head to head, what's better. Uh, it's obviously they can go and listen to it now and pay you money or they can wait. They can pre-save it and hear it for free for free, um, you know, they pay subscription for these streaming services, but they can, they can always wait and they will still hear the music. But if they want to hear it now, is that not a better way to start maybe building a bit of, not only rewarding your fan base, rewarding your audience as you build it, but also building a little bit of financial sustainability for you. You know, there's a reason people will now go to pay for your bandcamp. And I, and again, I'm not saying you eventually, uh, you, you, you don't have even put these songs on streaming unless you need to down the line. Only the singles go on streaming. You, by the time you've written the next batch of songs, you've only just exhausted the singles on streaming so the next singles go out. Or you just make a one-off song. And you keep that value in your bandcamp the whole time because... Now people hear a new single. Oh, look, here's the EP from the second EP from the single that I heard. Oh, there's a whole nother EP that isn't even on streaming. Wow, that's amazing. Only another $5? Let's go on. I'm a big fan. And it feels like they're discovering things themselves instead of being, you know, spoon fed all this shit through really not a, a very inspiring platform <laughs> experience, you know? When I when I lay it all out like that it just makes complete sense to me to be honest um, that one two punch it, it it allows you to focus on music as well as opposed to content you're not it's like instead of constantly pushing content out to get people to your music you're actually using your singles as the business card and that's what we say about streaming platforms that they're business cards for your rest of your um, Band's existence, right? But in reality, that actually doesn't really work because most bands don't have other monetizable income streams, right? Most bands don't have heaps of merch going. They're not playing heaps of shows. They're kind of just getting up and starting. So even if they get on a new music Friday, say, right, 80,000 plays, ambient background plays, by the way, um, in someone's office, and they will never check back on you. But sure, 80,000 plays. Even if some people go and try and get... There's nowhere for them to go to give you money. There's nowhere for them to go. And so this one-two punch actually gives them somewhere to go and a reason to do it, right? They go to Bandcamp or your Patreon or your website and the thing is the access to more music, which coincidentally deepens their relationship to your music and your band and gets them ready for the next thing. Without... without um compromising the streaming release strategy it just makes so much sense to me now there is an extra for experts which is something i would like to do as well and it's f- the, it's for super fans right which ultimately those kinds of people that are going to spend that are going to listen to whatever you do buy whatever you give them to buy really they're the ones who are going to make or break your career as a full-time musician you know, because fans, casual fans, come and go. Hopefully, as a as an artist, as a musician, you're evolving or changing over time, and so it's natural that you're gonna. Some people are gonna maybe pay for the first two EPs because they're a great indie surf rock sound, and then the third one maybe you've heard some electronic music and sample beats and Beck and they're not so much into that. So you've, you've, they're going to drop off and they don't need to rebuy the old EPs you've got. So it's collecting super fans and giving them a place to belong. That is in line with how much they, uh, connect with you and also giving them a place to spend money, to support you. Um, and the idea I have for this actually blends in well with, say, the Bandcamp Patreon or website. And it's the idea of creating a subscription paywall for your superfans and sharing everything with them. Okay? So, I mean, like, I, I actually wrote this in the newsletter. And so I'm going to read this verbatim. As a functioning musician, you're hopefully constantly working on music. Whether it's humming melodies into your phone, making drum loops, writing lyrics, or learning to play other people's songs, it's all part of the creative tapestry that results in finished songs. Now, the reason we don't put all these things under the wheel is because they're cringe as fuck and embarrassing and bad most of the time. Um, And am I saying that you should share absolutely everything that you do immediately? with these super fans no i'm not but what i am pointing out is that the people who really love you understand that there's more going on than just a finished product for them to enjoy and they actually want to be involved in that so it's things like demos or loops that you're working on or covers that you're working on or all these things they're Able to be collected and shared in a way that you're comfortable with, people, that's the shit that gets people really, really invested. Um, and again, will give them a reason to, and this is what we're talking about consistent, sustainable financial independence. A subscription does that. If someone is going to give you $10 a month and they get all the music you put out plus these extra demos and stuff so many fans would love to be able to do that for the band or the artist because they're becoming a part of their story and they can really feel like they have a part ownership of an artist they really like art that really makes them feel and you're Literally, all you're doing is just giving them access to that, and that's why I like about this whole thing. It's all it's it's shift on its head. It's all about access as opposed to marketing a, a, the recorded music as the product, with whose value is is nothing essentially. Now, what you're doing is you're um, selling access, and people are incentivized themselves because they're interested in her music to work their way through the tears and give you money, and they get the thing that they want back. You're not spending all your time creating content for a recorded music. You are spending your time making music and sharing the stuff around it. It just makes so much more sense to me. So that is basically the... Digital strategy. I am thinking about at the moment. Um, I'm going to implement for all my musical projects, the Harko stuff, um, fodder. We're going to do this as well. I, the extra for expert stuff, um, the paywall stuff, not immediately, but definitely singles on streaming. Full, full, full projects on Bandcamp, and I'm interested to know whether. Other whether other people um, would want to start doing this, whether they will start doing this, whether they what they think about it, whether they think this is crazy or dumb, um, or why, you know, why is there a fear stopping you doing this? Is it are we that desperate for streaming that we need to put everything on there? I know a lot, a, a lot. I know a few. I know there are people in the music industry that will make you feel like that, and I think that's sad. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to put this out in the world because these ultimately, these things are tools, streaming are tools, everything other than your music is, is, is tools to be used and engaged with creatively. Um, don't believe anything presented to you as like a totalitarian. This is how you have to engage because of X, Y, and Z. You should question everything and, and actually engage with things on your own terms. Um, well, that's what I believe anyway. And I guess this is my attempt to engage with digital music distribution in a way that actually makes sense to me and makes me feel good and could have uh, beneficial outcomes for my career as a musician. And because of all that, it's something that I think is important to share and talk about. So i um, interested to hear your takes. Um, thank you for listening. Um, and yeah. I don't really have much else to say. This is actually my second time recording this. The first time, I, I, I've recently recovered from COVID and I think I tried to record this a little bit too close to actually being sick. And it was filled with me bur- <laughs> me bur- like little burps and lots of saliva. So I'm glad I re-recorded it. This actually went a lot better. And if you listen to the end, that's a nice little tidbit for you. Hello to you. You, uh, you get a little insight there. Um, I hope your week's going well um, I hope you checked out The Right Gull Scabbing Episode Featuring their new album Scabbing and interview with the band um, It's great Getting back on band interviews And Also the Nick and Ruben one Which I think will be out By the time this comes out So And if not Look forward to the Nick and Ruben one um, Stay chill Stay hydrated and say la vie.